Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and joining me is the Twitch streamer himself, Colin Mitchell. Colin, how are you doing today? You know, <clears throat> Twitch streamer is good. We, we already had to we had to retake this already, and you called me, what was it, like Twitch Twitch star? Yeah, legend. Like I don't that. remember what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're just a streamer at this point, you know. Uh, but like I said in the first take that we had to get rid of, I'm in the top four percent, so you know, take that for what you will with my eight and a half viewers. I yeah, you said that I didn't even know. That's still mind-boggling to me that 96 percent of people average less than eight viewers a stream. Yeah, and most are zero. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, I mean, because I've streamed like a Madden game before for like a franchise league. Yeah, yeah. But even that gets more than zero viewers, so. I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't you. know what people are doing wrong. It's all those yeah. Fortnite streamers still, man. Listen, you know. Damn. It's still out there. Still got to get off that, man. Yeah. They gotta move on. They got to move on. Uh, they got to be playing with Jalen Darden and Madden 21. That's what they there need. There you go. There you go. All right. Good segue. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Um, didn't know, didn't the, know if we still had it after. Mm, like a know. month. Yeah, a month. Thomas Bell was and uh, JJ were our last podcast. Yeah. And that was... That was a while ago. I got an alert from the thing we used to do our clips for podcasts. It was like, you haven't done a clip in over two weeks. Do you still want to continue your subscription? Right. It's like $10 a month, Colin. Sorry. <laughs> or just, just uh, find something to clip. Um, but yeah, if you missed our uh, Jalen Darden review after he got drafted, uh, we did that on Spaces on Twitter. So it's a new feature on Twitter where you can have a chat room of sorts and with a couple speakers and the person who made the room gets to delegate speaking pretty much. So Colin and I went on there, talked about Jalen Darden going to the Bucks, um, talked about his fit, talked about the Bucks, um, you know, and all that stuff. So um, those don't save. So be on the lookout for those just on Twitter whenever we try to, we'll try to give y'all heads up whenever we do those in the future. But um, yeah, and then maybe we'll do like a Q&A on there sometime where we can like have, we can give them speaking privileges, you know? Yeah, that'd be start. cool. That would be yeah, really cool. And they can get on and ask the question and then- That would be very cool, actually. Have it there. I saw Kevin Durant and them doing that. So that's where I had the Shout idea. Shout out Katie. Obviously, we're not at that caliber, but we'll get not there. Yet. Um, so yeah, today, um, you know, since it is the off season, it is- a little bit of a dry period, you know, uh, May 6th. And it's that time of the year where recruiting isn't, you know, full throttle yet. Most also because the dead period uh, for football ends in June. Uh, but then you don't have spring ball and you don't have a lot of, a lot of other stuff. So right now we're kind of just treading water and um, getting a feel on these recruits right now. I think that's what I'm doing on the site to the, for the most part. And we'll have some basketball stuff up as well. So, with all that being said, Colin, let's get into these Qs and provide our A's in this Q&A um, podcast. I Don't shake every your head. bit of that. Don't I shake your every head. Every bit of head. that. Okay, let's go. Let's. All right. Thank you to everybody who sent in questions first and foremost. We've never had this many questions on a Q&A before. Um, I think, you know, us not doing a podcast in a while just got people riled up. Yeah, they're so used to just having the information at the ready and, you know, given to them. But nope. Not what today. can we say? You know, we're back. <laughs> we're back. All right. Um, which one do we start with? So I, I grouped these together. So I put them all in like different folders. Should we spin a wheel? And I named them. No, we're not because I don't have a wheel. But we got defense, 
Latrell, um, O-line, overall positions, quarterbacks, and receivers. Those are the categories. Hey, Siri, pick a number between 1 and 14. You're going to hold it close to me. 12. 12. Yeah, 12. So QB1, and then we'll just we'll just snowball off of that. Let's go. All right, we're going to go quarterback first. Which so is let's probably get... the question everyone wants to know, so let's do it. Yeah, that's true. This is probably like the one. So here we go. Let me just read off these three questions because they're all pretty similar. Uh, Coach Bowden asked, who starts at QB? Uh, Carter asked, Ruder or Ani, uh, the, the better long-term solution to start this year? So that's a little bit of a different question. And then Reed Smith, Reed Smith asked, uh, while too early to tell right now, what's the quarterback outlook looking like for the team? So let's go with this year, the outlook. Um, I guess we could start with who starts at quarterback. We can both predict that. Uh, who do you got? You go first. It better be Jace Reuter. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. So we're still on. We're still on that. Well, you um, have to. Be, you have to be. You absolutely have to be. You can't go and get a guy like this after the quarterback season you guys had last year in the whole carousel. First of all, regardless of who it is, you need to make sure you have a starter and you keep that starter. None of this carousel, whatever. Two. And I don't think we can just talk about this year. Long-term outlook. You got four years of Jace Reader. You got two years of uh, Austin mm-hmm. Ani. Okay. Finally, three. Although I praised Ani last year, we know he's not great. We know he's he's just okay. He's not even good. Mm-hmm. So if Jace comes in here and isn't even just isn't even that, then we have a whole other slew of questions we got to ask about Seth and this recruiting staff. I, I don't know because I I'm with you. I'm with you. We, we have, we've had this discussion before when but, we were first, but when Ruder, when Ruder first signed, we were both like, all right, you have six quarterbacks on this roster right now. Like, and you're coming off a season where you didn't have a single starter this year. Austin Ani should be much better. Or I shouldn't say much better. Should be better, right? He sure. he completed fifty mid fifty. I think it was like fifty six percent of his passes. Didn't throw the ball very well. Was had interceptions, but he is going to have three years in this offense. Oh, it's three, compared, not two. Okay, my fault. Compared to Ruder, going into Ruder's going into his first year. I don't. Oh, know. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. I but yes. Now. Yeah, I understand. But yes, now. I think I think I think Ani has three more years because oh, that was the COVID year. Because the COVID year. Yeah. Okay. I think I think so. Okay. I'm not 100% sure. Whatever. Okay. Um so I'm going to say I'm going to say Ruder, but I don't think it's going to be easy. I think it's going to be a quarterback competition going in. I think it's going to be a quarterback competition up to the first game and how they handle it this year is going to be really interesting because I think if you if you see a high enough potential in Ruder, this isn't the same thing as last year where you had Bean and Ani on the same level as far as um experience goes right Mm -hmm. like you said ruder has four years of experience like of of potential experience at north texas and he's younger and the whole thing yes yes everything he's a better recruit out of high school you know he's got everything got the whole package if ruder from day one has a higher ceiling you go with ruder no no doubt no doubt and because a he's not going to be that far from ani if he is at all from the start 
If he is far and, from Vani, then again, we ask more questions. Yeah, it was it was a wrong evaluation. If he's that far off of Vani, then it was a poor evaluation of what he could do and can do. Or they got fed wrong information. But again, assuming that they are the same level right now and you give Ani the little boost because he's um, a little bit longer and you give Ruder just the raw athleticism. If they're on that same level, I'm going Ruder. And I think that's what the coaching staff is going to do as well. Have I to. think, Have I, think to. I think they're just... I think you have to roll the dice a little bit there. Like you look at last year's quarterbacks, they completed 56 and 57% of their passes. And just think about that, what that number is. If you take away the Jalen Darden throws, like think about that. Low. If they didn't have Jalen Darden or if, yep. or let's just take away Jalen, the Jalen Darden throws in, in general, right? Let's say there were a hundred throws and they completed 57% of them, 57 of them, at least 40 of those throws were to Jalen Darden and probably 30 of them were completed. So you lower that number down. You're looking at 27 of 60. Again, that's all just hyper high hypothetical, but you're looking at 27 of 60. And that is like 45%. So that's what I'm saying is that you don't have Jalen Darden. You don't have that margin for error that you had with him where you could just get him the ball and go. You have to actually create something out of the yep. here. And I think Ruder gives you the best chance there. And he also gives you um, a little bit more mobility than uh, than Ani, even though Ani can move. Uh, Not only that, you have to swing for the fence. And and I think this is a question. I, I just glanced through them on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You have to swing for the fence in what could be a deciding year for Latrell. Okay. We, we, let's, let, let's get into that. Um, also, to answer Carter's question, I do think Ruder is the better long-term solution. Yeah, Ani yeah, Ani. I think I think that should be under. I think that should be understood by everybody. Yes, I agree. Um, do you want to get to Latrell? Yeah. Or do you want? Okay. We're just gonna dive right in. Just yeah. I mean, I just already brought it up. So CMC and Forever asked, "Is this a make or break year for Latrell?" Let me see if I have anything else here. I think I have one other one. No, that's an overarching question. All right. So is this a make or break year for? Are we saying Latrell? break is fired? Yes. Man, I came on. I came here last year and said, last season and said, listen, mm-hmm. Seth's gone next year if they go if they do really bad. I said yeah. that. I had a moment of reflection just now, <laughs> and I almost went back on that. We're not going back on that. You have to win somewhat this year to stay. That's that's it. It has to be somewhat, and it has to be again how you win. We talked about. I mean, I probably and, made yeah, y'all's ears fall lose. off, and how you lose exactly. Um, just the resume over the last three years are is is awful. It's bad, or two years. Two last years. two years is is bad. Um, promises that were made or that were set that or things that were supposed to happen, and the complete opposite happens. Both those years, it's 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 tough. So, listen, man. Like I just said, Seth had to swing for the fences with everything. Jace Reuter, uh, he fired uh, Bowen. Uh, you have to hit with a Phil Bennett hire. Um, I mean, you just, that's it. You just have to hit on everything. This is when transfers. You, yeah, all the transfers. This is when all of your recruits now, you can't blame the excuse of having North Texas have the North Texas label. And now, now finally, all your classes are of age that are good. Um, yeah. So, I mean, th- this is it. This is, this is it for him. If you don't, if you don't win – if you don't show improvement from players that are key players, if you still have a defense that's really bad, 
if you don't shoot improvement week by week, he's got to be gone if they lose, uh, if they don't win more than five games. I think you, you phrased in a really interesting way uh, that when he came in, it was a stigma around North Texas of y'all, they went one and 11, right? Then he quickly turned it around and boom, five, one, eight, or five, one, nine, one, nine, one. At this point, it's not about North Texas. This is about Seth Luttrell. Yep. This is just like UAB is not about UAB. It's about Bill Clark, right? Not, Louisiana Tech's not about Louisiana Tech. It's about Skip Holtz. Like yep. those are those are who he's up against. And, and sorry. Go ahead. And nothing can contrast this better than the fact that North Texas basketball coach Grant McCaslin did the same thing. Yeah. There's a stigma. He broke the stigma. He instilled his culture and he won. And North Texas has seen Ren is seeing it done now. Seth wasn't really his hire. This is it for Seth in terms of make yeah. or break. Yeah, and that's of course Seth is Ren's guy, and Ren loves Seth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, but I'm just saying, like you know, yes. it makes it easier in that sense. Yes, because it wasn't his hire. Like it's not like he was he made the mistake. Right. This doesn't go on his resume as a mistake. Exactly. Yeah. So I 100 percent agree. I thought you were going to flake and say that it wasn't going to be a make or break year. No, I, I needed I needed to word it a way a certain way. No, you, you did. You worded it well. Yeah. Now. Because, I mean, just if you look at it, and if they go five and seven this year, you're looking at four out of the six years under Seth Luttrell being losing seasons. Yep. And that, I mean, and two of those years are Mason Fine years. And that loaded team that we've talked about that is now basically all in the NFL on both sides of the ball. Which is insane when you think about how hard it is for an undrafted free agent to get on a team. Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> like, like Nate Brooks, Ladarius Hamilton, all those guys. Now, again, this goes into what we've been saying last year. If y'all remember, or maybe you're a new listener, I don't know. The past couple years, we've been saying that the 2020 season was the gap year. Right? 2020 season was the year where you had 24 seniors leave. And then you were still going off of the 2018 recruiting class, the 2017 recruiting class, and neither one of those were really good um, or special, I should say. So then you get to 2019, 2020, and now the 2021 recruiting classes. And these are the ones that are top two, three, four in Conference USA. And now it's time for those guys are going to be entering their first, second, and third year at North Texas. And if you can't win with them, then we have a very big problem. Right. Because then we, it's, sorry. how are you developing players? You know, then it's, do you have to be handed Jeffrey Wilson's to win? Do you have to be, do you have to find that Mason Fine? Jalen Gardens? Yeah. Do you have to find those, those diamonds in the rough? Obviously, I know at the G5 level, you have to find those, but you should be able, when you recruit well, you should be able to develop those guys too. And those guys should be, become great players. Um, even Dion Noville was a two-star guy coming out of high school. So it's, it's not about finding diamonds in the rough anymore. It's about finding those diamonds that are clear as day that you have worked hard to recruit and refining them into being consistently really good players in, Conf in Conference USA. And again, yep. this is Conference USA, all right? We look at their wins last year, and none of them were impressive. You got you beat a Rice team that didn't play in a month. You beat um, Middle Tennessee team that's Houston Baptist. In conference. You beat Middle Tennessee, who was – beating the hell out of them a quarter and a half into the game and they beat UTEP by two to end the season. Those are their wins last year. Okay. So going back to your other point, Colin, it's not how 
it's not just their record it's how they look in yeah their exactly like if he if they win five games if they go five and seven next year but there is and i don't mean just like some improvement i mean it looks like this team is completely different than it looked last year it's fine with me like if like if we see jace reuter and i guess if or austin at this point jace reuter or austin come in here and be consistent show improvement from last year you you have it. The offensive line continues. Defense isn't as bad as it was at all. Like, I, I, and I want to make sure I stress this. You, they, he can go five and seven, but the team can't look like it has the last two years. It can't look defeated. It can't look like there's no culture. It can't look, you know what I mean. It can't. You can't have highly touted guys looking like they are walk-ons. Well, here's like, my thing: is also playing the conference. You say you are going to play two to three pushovers a year. UTEP has fair, been a fair pushover. Point. Fair point. Fair that point. is a free win. I, I don't even count that as a win. Honestly, I don't. That's a good point. That's a good point, actually. All right. Scratch um, the record thing I just said then. FIU this year is going to be awful probably yep. again, right? Or at the very best, let's say they're the 120th best team in the country instead of 127th like they were last year. Yeah. That's another one. So that's, that's two right there. That's a good right? point. Other than those two and your FBS one, that's three right there. A good point yeah i'm I, yeah you're right you're so, actually right so that's that's yeah. what i've always been saying is that and i i think it goes to your point it's, it's not their record it's how they looked in that record because they won four games last year and again they beat nobody they didn't yeah. have an impressive win they haven't had an impressive win since 2018 yep so now we're coming in here like all right i don't care if you lose some games but you can't get blown out by smu again you can't get blown out by uab again you can't get blown out by la tech again like we have to see some fight we have to see a difference in culture and that goes to what you're saying adjustments as well like coaching adjustments and and the the whole thing the whole thing we we've we've definitely beaten a dead horse on it is oh yes but i i it is definitely beating a dead horse but this is like Again, this is make or break. And no, Latrell, we had Latrell on this podcast. I asked him, is this a pivotal year for you and the program? And he said, yes. Yeah. And not only that, not only that, the fact that North Texas, in terms of a brand, has kind of changed itself since Ren's been here. Mm-hmm. You can't keep allowing Seth to get away with things or whatever because it's Conference USA, you know, the whole stigma, whatever. Yeah. Because then you'll go right back down to what you were when McCarney was here. If, if that is the case, you know what I mean? In terms yeah. of, oh, it's North Texas, who would want to go there? Mm-hmm. Preston Rios asked, oh, well, first, thank you for your question. Uh, who asked that question? Let me find it. Oh, CMCM Forever. All right, next, Preston Rios asked, does this 2021 team have what it takes to be a nine-win team like it was in 2017 and 2018? I'm not even going to answer that question. You need to answer it. They, they have the Qs. We have the As, Colin. The A is there is no reason for us to expect a North Texas team, but a Seth Luttrell coach team right now to win nine games. No reason to, for us to expect that. North Texas, and I don't want to sound like this is just... No, do it. Go. There's no way they're winning nine games. Right. Y'all can, you can put that on a billboard. You can, you can put that again, on Again, a... again, the stars look great. The recruiting classes look great. Jace Reuter looks great. All of that is just PR fluff that the team puts out on Twitter. You, y'all, y'all have seen the last two years. Y'all have seen it. Remember Mason? Remember the whole this is it? Remember Ladarius Hamilton? Uh, Rico Bussey, the whole team. thing? Remember You guys remember that whole thing? That is, that is no different 
than what is happening right now with the, oh, we got the flashy recruits. We got Jace Reuter. None of that matters until you win games. None of it. Got to win games. Got to win games. And again, uh, we, we kind of did a bit on the, the schedule before, but if we're looking at the schedule here, after their FCS game, which I contend that teams shouldn't even count FCS games towards their records, but you have an FCS game and then you go six straight games where you're the underdog. Yep. At least. SMU, UAB, La Tech, Missouri, Marshall, Liberty. That's let me six. tell you, and let me tell you, you better go three and three in that stretch. <laughs> let's say they, they, let's say two and four, I think is the best case scenario there. Two and four I don't is the best case when... scenario, but in terms of, again, the whole fan base thinking the world is falling down. If they, if they go one and five in that scenario, it's going to be rough. Okay. But again, six straight games, young drugs. But this goes to what we're saying is at some point, you have to over exceed or you have to at least show that you are. They haven't done it. They've never done it in the past two years. They haven't done it. They They haven't done it since the Arkansas game. You can argue that that wasn't even overachieving. Okay. But you, that's the one they haven't done it. since. That's the game. And it still isn't even impressive. After after Arkansas, then you lose to Louisiana tech 2018. It goes downhill from there. Yep. So, and after that, you still have rice Southern miss and UTSA on your schedule. (laughs) And UTSA might be the best team in conference USA. Yeah, UTSA is crazy. And Rice and Southern Miss are formidable. Like Southern Miss is still a good team. Yeah. So um, I don't see nine wins here. Um, I, I'll probably save my prediction for later on once everything gets sorted out. Um, but it's you're going in, you're looking at a season where you're favored in probably four or five games. Yep. So we'll see but yeah i i don't see nine wins to answer to answer the question at, on hand uh while we're on the schedule ntsn asked uh which game is the toughest on the schedule to you and i'm gonna go out on a limb and i'm gonna say well actually i'm not gonna go out on a limb i'm just gonna say missouri at missouri because i think at least liberty you have them at home let's go conference game okay because i feel like those are those are easy cop-outs just because they are not they're not even in the the realm of yeah I'm gonna uh, TSA. I mean, Liberty's a G5 school, first of all. But regardless, Liberty's yeah. like what we hoped North Texas. Was. Yeah, exactly. And, and then they got remember North Texas beat Liberty by oh, like beat Liberty, forty. Yeah. Yep. In 2017. Yep. Mason did that, but regardless. Uh, but anyways, now Liberty's like top UTSA's five team. The hardest team. Um, UTSA. Yeah. UAB maybe. UAB. Any team with a solid with a solid foundation right now in terms of <laughs> structure. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, there's that question. Uh, let's go. Let's keep it on offense while we're here. John Fields asked, "Who will set up as the number one wide receiver after Darden's departure?" Shorter and Simpson are the two who come to mind. But curious to hear your thoughts. This number one receiver next year, Colin. This is interesting because I got. It some has sleepers. to be Deontay Simpson. Why? Because he's shown that he can be the next dynamic player, like Jair Shorter. Jair Shorter is an over-the-top dude who's in a, you know, he's in a, he's going to be fast and he's going to be physical, but I don't see him doing anything extra than that. I, see, okay, I, I, I get what you're saying. For me, it's a hard decision of which one has the higher ceiling. Right, and I, and I was going to follow it up with it's almost unfair for me to say that because we haven't really seen anything from Deontay Simpson either. Yeah, but at least Deontay played the whole season last no, year. No, no, no. That, but again, that's that's what we're basing it off of, right? Is he last year Deontay last was year. underwhelming? Yeah, no, he was. But that's that's all we have. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and and not only that, you don't have Jalen Darden 
opening space up for for either of them. Yeah. Um I think it has to be sh- I think it ah, this is tough because last year it was shorter to start off the season but that's honestly because they couldn't throw anything else really. Remember they they had to force the ball deep. Yep. They had to just kind of play for the big play at times. Um I I think when you, this is the year we need to see the Deontay Simpson jump. I said last year that he was going to be really good and I was wrong. Um this year, hopefully, this is the year. But I'll tell you what, if he's not, if he does not take the jump this year, Lorenzo Thompson might pass him. Yeah. Lorenzo Thompson, everything I've heard, everything I've seen out of camp. And Lorenzo might play a little more slot, uh, but he's he played a little outside in the spring game as well. Uh, he was versatile. So I could see Lorenzo coming in and getting 45 catches. Yeah, and he's fast enough to where he could break a couple of those. Like he could be that new versatile weapon. He could be like Jalen Darden light, and he's only a and he's only a freshman. Yeah. So, um, I'm gonna look at for Lorenzo Thompson. Detravian Brown is another freshman that I've heard really good things about. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go shorter as the number one receiver because I'm not sold on Deontay anymore, even though I was. Okay, so I'm kind of I can agree with that. that. Um, all right, thank you for your question. Next, let's go from Daniel. Which offensive and defensive positions do you think needs the most improvement from last year? Let's go one on each side. Which offensive and defensive player needs improvement? Yeah, he said position, but we'll go player. I think it has, I think Deontay Simpson. I think we just touched it. Yeah. Jason Pertle? No. Okay. He's I expect him to be passed by Alberting or um Roberts. Roberts. Um, no, you know what? Easy on offense. Quarterback. That's almost yeah. a cop out, but it's not in the, same, in the same in the same sentence. Yeah, you so, gotta have, we'll just say position because we haven't seen Jace Ruder play. But uh yeah, no, that has to be the, the highest improved thing. Yeah. Also, but if I'm it was Caleb Johnson, by the way. Oh, he's still there. He's still on the team. He wasn't from he's not from Oklahoma. Well, he committed to Oklahoma and then Oh, he committed to Oklahoma. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You said Oklahoma guy. I, I yeah, I'm sorry. I confused. On defense. Yeah. Um has to be a secondary. I, yeah. I would say corner. Yeah, and pick a pick a player, I guess. Most improvement. Uh who needs to improve the most from last year? I'm gonna go with I'm I'm gonna go with a non-corner, even though I just said corner. I think Deshaun Gaddy needs to improve the most. Agree, I completely agree because I that. think he can. That's why I'm gonna. No, say yeah, that. and it sucks because he got he keeps his positions moving around. You know, yes. he's corner, he's safety, he's corner, safety. Uh, so yeah, he he needs to see improvement. And this is this this ends up ultimately coming back on was that the three three five that was ruining everything? Like that that's what this comes well, back down. Gaddy's gonna play play safety. No, he's going to. But I'm saying. I'm saying this also comes back down to is it the players or is it the coaching yeah. staff? Because you can't go through three defensive coordinators and say that it's still the coaching staff. Yeah. Yeah. No, at the, at the end of the day, it's uh, – I'm interested because he didn't look super comfortable in his run fits. Yeah, mm-hmm. he did, did not. So I'm hopeful that it kind of takes a little bit of pressure off the secondary to make those plays. Um, because like we saw a lot of times last year, the secondary just kept missing tackles when they had to kind of – finish plays and i'm hopeful that they don't have to do that as much here so i'll add on to that question which freshman do you think we see breaks out if any true freshman or a returning freshman true freshman 
Let me get up the class so I don't forget anybody. Uh, North Texas class. You all just name off the top names. I already have it up. Okay. Caleb Johnson. I'm assuming it's wide receiver, but it still yes. says corner on here. Yeah. Uh, Dillian Williams, safety. Varkis Gums, tight end. Gabe Blair, offensive line. Uh, Harold West, safety. Keith Jackson, running back. And then Bryce Drummond. Yeah. Um, I think Caleb Johnson or Dylan Williams is probably the one to watch the most here. Uh, because other than that, you have linebackers, defense tackles, defense tackles. At, they're loaded at defense tackle. We're going to get to defense in a second. We have some questions on them. At uh, defensive line, I don't think they need that much help at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondary is probably where it is. Um, and receiver, right? So you're yeah. replacing Jalen Darden on the outside. So Caleb Johnson, in theory, could help that. And then Dylan Williams at the safety position could um, help fill that role as well. I don't think Varkis Gum steps right in. I think there's a lot of tight ends there. You could play over him. And then, um, yeah, offensive linemen usually don't go super quick. So Harold West is another really actually good player. He reminds me of Upton, Upton Stout, okay. uh, except like the safety version of him. Yeah. And so I, I like him as well. So, okay. and I don't, don't think Bryce Drummond is going to get snaps, even though everybody loves him. Right. Yeah. I love him too, but no. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it just not as much as other people. Um, all right. Let me see what else we got from the offense. Right, we have one more offense question here. I wonder the world asked if no transfers arrive, who takes gray's spot on the offensive line. That's Antarius gray who just yep. uh, transferred out uh, from the exi- existing pool of depth since Williams, Eric Williams, and Jacob Farrell left. And why did all those three leave? Well, the last part, you could ask that question about every player who's ever left a school. Yeah, it'd be us speculating, and that's not fair. Yeah, and I don't feel like speculating. Um, so who would take a spot? On Colin, I shared with you like a vague depth chart. You did. That I've had written out for a while of just uh, returning players and everything. I have Jet Duncan in that spot. I think you're looking at Jed Duncan uh, because he was on in contention for that spot a lot of the time last year at the left guard spot. Uh, you have Chris Cassidy. You have John Brunner. Uh, Cade Bond, I think, is another guy who could potentially break into that role. So you're looking at one, two, three, four guys right there. And that's assuming that, you know, T. Sean Turpin can't drop down. I think that's probably the pool of guys we're looking at there. But I think they're in a good position to replace Gray, even though, you know, obviously Gray was a starter for the entire season last year, and we had pretty high expectation for him moving forward. I think, I mean, the offensive line going, just continuing to repeat what we've said time and time again, 2019 and 2020 classes both have good offensive linemen, um, and this is where we can start to see them. Jet Duncan, Chris Cassidy, Brunner, uh, Dane Jackson, all these guys, Byers, all these guys, are from the recent classes, all were highly recruited, and so it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Again, when I ran that poll saying that um, which position on offense is the best or something like that, I don't know what it was exactly, I put offensive line. Yeah. I think this is the this is the group that if you were going to lose somebody, this is where you can lose them. I don't want to – you know, you can't afford to lose Torrier Attaway. You know, you can't afford to lose Simpson, Shorter – yeah, you know, the offensive line is probably the best equipped for that. All right, let's see. Let's see what is next. I think that's all of our offense ones. Let me double check. Yes. 
All right, let's go. All right, let's go right here. Steve Hammond asked, would love details about what we have in the trenches. Experience, talent, depth for 22-1 on the offensive and defensive line. Um, how does the offensive and defensive line stack up against the Conference USA peers? Well, you um, just, oh, sorry. Go ahead. You just talked about the offensive line being the best unit. I think it's still a top, you know, three offensive line in Conference USA. I would say probably. It was yeah. It was it was top five last year. Yeah, I think it's probably around there, top three, yeah, top five. Someone... Um, defensive line now, we still have question marks. Defensive line is interesting because we shouldn't have question marks, right? We shouldn't because we saw we saw the emergence of the uh, Murphy brothers. Deion Noville is coming back. They got some good recruits. But it didn't live up to expectations last year. Like, is Devontae McCray going to be able to kind of come out of his shell? Like, is is the four three, was the four man front really what he needed, yeah. or is this is it is this uh, front just not talented enough? You know, yeah. that that is a big thing. Uh, and then not only that, can Dion Noville be used correctly? Yeah. And I th- that's another there, big thing. There's a lot. Okay, so there's a lot of questions. I'm going to read through these questions, and we can kind of roll through them um, as we go. Uh, Coach Bowden asked, "How big of a step do you think the Murphy boys take on uh, on the defensive line?" Um, I wonder. The world asked, assuming the Murphy twins and Novilla are locked to start, who is the other defense tackle in a four man front? So we can start with those two. Uh, so as far as the Murphy brothers go, they had a great spring. Yeah. Right. Uh, we from everything we've heard, we we heard about them just being monsters, just really being effective on the edge, really being able to just get a lot of one-on-ones. I talked to both of them um, and they were really excited. You could tell just about the prospect of getting on the outside and not having to face as many, as many double teams this year. So that alone, I think will help this team, right? Last year, I looked it up. They averaged North Texas averaged 2.1 sacks per game. Mm-hmm. And that is seven tied for 70th in the country. So right around the middle, right? Out of 130 teams, 70th isn't as bad as you would think, considering how, you know, bad they were in a lot of ways. Uh, you still had Dion Noville and you still had these guys playing well. And Coach Bowen at least deserves a little bit of credit in that respect to put the Murphys on the defensive line and put them on the edge. Um, now, the question is, so, so let me answer the question. I think the Murphy boys take Murphy uh, brothers take a big step forward. The question is, is it enough of a step forward? Right? Like, I well, think they're both going to be really good. What yeah, I enough? think they're both going to be good. Like, they might both be on like one of on the all conference teams. Yeah. Like, if they they both put up, let's say, five and a half sacks each, that's that's huge, right? Ladarius Hamilton had eight and a half sacks his last year, I believe it was, or the year before, something like that. Um, so if we can get five and a half out of both of them, that's that's huge. The worry, though, and that's going to I wonder the world's question is who's going to be that other defense tackle there next to Noville? And so we look at the depth chart and we're looking at Dayton LeBlanc, Tayshawn Johnson, and Calvin Hutchins, I think are the three guys that I'm really uh, kind of locked in on. I think uh, those those three guys are capable players, and I think Tayshawn Johnson is probably my pick, Hutchings as well, uh, and LeBlanc's a fine player uh, in his own right. Do you think that they do anything with, depending on how good that second defensive tackle spot could be, like player, sorry, do you think that they kind of do it to where it's like a, 
outside linebacker kind of acts as the fourth on the line and you just kind of run three dudes like three like actual guys so here's okay so here's something i heard a lot of and something that um someone asked me as well was they wanted a little bit of clarity on the defense that bennett's gonna run and because there's been so much talk about four down linemen uh, i was talking to bennett when was this probably a month and a half two months ago at this point and as soon as i brought up four down linemen with the linebackers in respect to linebackers he was like he kind of cut me off in a sense he was like yeah but we're gonna be doing a lot of multiple stuff like we're gonna run three down linemen too like it's not just gonna be four like it's gonna be a bunch of different personnel sets um it's gonna be a bunch of different things to kind of match the personnel in the offense and to give you know depending on the situation so that's where I'm like, okay, with the way he said that, it didn't feel like it's a team that's going to come out and sit in a base 4-2-5 for the, let's say, 90% of the game. It felt like a team, it feels like a team that's going to come out in a 4-2-5, but maybe only sit be in a 4-2-5 for 50% of the game. And then you might go 3-3-5 for like 25% of the game. Then you might go 4-3. Then you might go 3-2-6 uh, or a 4-1-6. You know, it, it feels multiple enough at this point, and I believe him when he says multiple, to where it's not going to be like years past where they've come out in a 3-3-5 and stayed in 3-3-5 the entire Right, game. because at the end of the day, we know that this team might not have enough players at defensive tackle. And I brought that up because if you have Devontae McRae, on one side, you can only have one of the Murphy brothers on the other side. So how do you utilize that other Murphy brother? And the only way in my head would be to kind of come off the edge. Yeah. Um, you can you can make one of them. You can make them linebackers. You can rotate them around. There's yeah, and, line- and that's what I mean. But I think the problem with Bennett – or sorry, the problem with uh, Bowen was the fact that we didn't see enough. Like, we, obviously, he brought the Murphy brothers into the light. Yeah. But, like, there, was, there wasn't any really other adjustments that we saw that made a difference. Yeah, no, I agree. So I wanted to clarify that. I wanted to make sure people knew that this isn't just a four-two-five. This isn't just a four-down lineman. It's going to be versatile. It's going to be interesting to see how he does it exactly because it's clear he has a vision in his head of how he wants it to go. And I think if it goes the way he wants it to go, obviously it's going to be very successful because you have the Murphys and Deion O'Ville. I know Deion O'Ville came back partially because he wanted a chance to put up better numbers and be a little bit more in the spotlight in a four, two, five to where he's not doubled all the time. But I'm, I'm curious as, as to how much better his stats are actually going to be. I don't think they're going to get any better. Right. Because you have Murphy's here. You have Devontae McCray. You have a couple other good de- or average solid defensive tackles. Other dudes are going to make plays. Yeah. So yes, he's going to get a couple more one-on-ones and yes, he's going to be able to, uh, you know, make some plays in the run. I think the run game is the one area where it might help him the most in. And so that's where I'm like, okay, this makes sense in that regard. Pass rushing wise, I don't think he can put up much better stats than he did last year. I think it'll be the same pretty much. Not only Um, that is most of the, like, we're not going to see stat changes, but he might look better on, on film. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, You might get a little bit more one-on-one actions there where he's just straight beating a guy and going, it might be like the rice game a little bit more, even if it doesn't reflect in those uh, stats, which is, which is fine, but I don't know how much that helps him, you know? Yeah. It'll be, I I understand. Yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, but to answer the question, I'm going to go Tayshawn Johnson as the other starter might be surprising. I can see Calvin Hutchins sliding in their junior college. 
guy. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go him. Um, so thank you for your question, Coach Bowden, and um, I wonder the world. We have a funny question from Dopey Matic. Which Murphy twin breaks the sack record? So I went and looked up the sack the record. Sack record. Can I? I guess went and looked up the. Um, where was I? Just had it. Here it was. Did it happen during the Mean Joe Green era? So I looked it up, and I didn't know if he meant season or or uh, career, right? Uh, for a season, the record is Willis Hudson in 1994 with 14 and a half sacks. Mm. That is a lot. Um, career, the record is Willis Hudson as well, and he had 24 sacks. 24? Yeah, in his career. That's so, global with the COVID year. So you're looking at a team and the Murphy brothers, but they still didn't play their first year. If they would have played like their freshman year, then had this year, and then well, had three more their freshman years. year. Last year counted as a freshman year. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess it is doable. They're going to have to get, get to work here. But again, if you're split, if they're both, Gabriel has had a little bit more success than Grayson. Yeah. But if they both end up being really good, then I don't know if there's a way for either one of them. To get right. It. Taking each other's uh, numbers yeah. in a way. Yeah. They're, they're st- stealing stats from each other. Um. But yeah, I, I don't know about I don't know if he'll uh, if they'll get the sack record. But that was a funny question. Um, and we answered the breakout question. Appreciate yours. Let's see what else. Alejandro Garcia asked. Or actually, hold on. Let me get to. Okay, yeah. Alejandro Garcia. Garcia. Alejandro asked. Uh, what are your thoughts on Coach Bennett's defense? Uh, this year, from what you've seen. Again, we've only seen the one game uh, of the spring game, which wasn't even a game per se. Here's, here's something I will say, Go because ahead. I know we did just talk about uh, uh, schemes and stuff, and you kind of already answered that part of it. I will say at the spring scrimmage, whatever you want to call it, he was calling out things that I didn't see other coaches in the past call out. Like correcting people or calling out plays? Calling out players. Uh-huh. Like in the sense that like, like you, like you see a player do something good and he's calling him out because he didn't do something like super minute. And I don't know if I, you've been around te- the team obviously a lot more than I have, but that was just something I picked up on that he was, he was yelling a lot, even if something went good. Yeah. And I know that he, I know that whenever you talk to him, bit. he said that uh, there was a quote in there that was like, these guys have to be coached was mm-hmm. like, it was along those lines. Right. Yeah. And I think that that is one of the most, that's the most important thing in my eyes when you have all of this quote unquote talent, you know, all the stars, like I said earlier, when you have all of that, you still have to coach these guys. And I've, we're seeing that. And that, that's, what's better. That's what impressed me from Bennett because I didn't think that was going to happen. Cause you know, what does he have to lose if, if he doesn't do good in North Texas, yeah. you know, he already has his resume. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was good to see in my eyes. I could be wrong though. In, in, no, in that yeah, that's, that is, that's a really good point. Uh, I saw a little bit more sp- speed to the ball, mm-hmm. which is, I guess it's easy considering how bad they were against the run last year. <laughs> so I guess anything they did just looked much better. Uh, but right. That's but, but, thing. Th- but that's still yeah. good in the same way because they're the same players this spring. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, nothing changed outside of him. So, yep. yeah. So uh, I thought the run defense was better. The pass defense I need to see more of. Um, Cause I thought Ani was, was solid. Upton Stout was also injured. And who was, Oh yeah. Noville. Well, Noville, Noville was out. Well, so was Stout. So, like, you had oh, Stout, Noville. Yeah. yeah. A couple guys were out. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that one. And that's, uh, we have, uh, this might be our last one or one of our last ones. Rachel Sanders asked, uh, What are some things the defense is doing to improve this season? 
I think besides the alignment change, I think the linebackers are going to be a little bit more free than they were. Because I think the way that they had it played last year in the 3-3-5 is the linebackers kind of had their job and their gap to fill. And if it feels like, again, this is only going off of what I saw and what I've talked to people about. It feels like the linebackers, whether that's Katie and Tyreek in the middle, whether that's Larry, Kevin Wood, whoever, is going to have a little bit more – freedom might be the wrong word. They're allowed to deviate to, from what they're, they're – Yeah, they're a little bit more do. read and react type stuff, right? right. Instead of it just yeah. being you go it's here. It's not like seeing Kyle Powell here. like, oh, Kyle Powell is in. We know exactly what he's going to do every play because that's all he can do. It's like yeah. guys are in there And these linebackers, I'll never forget, I asked Clint Bowen who the best group was last year before the season, and he said without hesitation, linebackers. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't have known that if you watched last season, really, because nobody stood out. But I think the linebackers have a really good chance at taking a step forward because there's going to be a little bit more plays where they impact the game. And they're not just going to be putting up stats. Like, I've written this before. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but their stats from last year were really good. Yeah. Right? You had, like, 70 tackles, 80 tackles. But how many times did we look at them and be like, wow, Katie Davis is really taking over this game. Wow. Yeah. Tyree. Like, it never felt like that. <clears throat> And I think this year is where we're going to start seeing the numbers are going to be probably the same as last year, but I think there could be plays where it's a third and three and uh, running back has a gap and you just see yeah, whoever, Kevin Wood or someone come in out of nowhere and fill it and boom, you're standing them up and then you get off the field. Right. Plays instead of, instead because like last year you kind of just said it a second ago when they played like that with their, you know, predefined jobs or roles or whatever you want to call it, it almost seemed like they already laid down to just take the inevitable on all of defense last year, you know, like, okay, this is all we can do. This is what we know this player can do. If he can't, if they do something else, let's just deal with it. And that's, that's how the defense went all last season. Yeah. Uh, thank you for your question. NTSN asked with Noville back in the Murphy brothers, as strong as ever is the defense line, the most talented and deep position on, on, on all of he defense. Didn't, or he, didn't, or? he didn't say defense. He didn't say team. So I'm going to guess the whole team. Is it the best position on the team? No. I'm going offensive line first. Then I might go running backs. This is this is mine. Offensive line, okay. running backs. You're gonna hate this. Quarterbacks. That's awful. Receivers, That's defensive awful. line. That's awful. Quarterbacks and receivers over. Oh, I'm sorry. Line? I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. Uh, middle linebackers actually. Yeah, linebackers. Linebackers would go uh, before quarterbacks. Okay. I'll tell you why. You're putting the you receivers why. over defensive line? Yeah, I'll tell you why. They're crazy. I'll tell you why. They're I'll tell crazy. you why right here. I'll tell you why Jalen right here. Darden's gone, Colin. Stop I understand. living in the past. I'm not living He's in the past. He's gone. I'm not living in the past. He's gone. If anyone's going to live in the past, it's you. Okay. Jalen Darden is gone. I understand. I understand. However, defensively, the defensive line has not been good. Not even the last two years. Like not even it's almost it's good. A new scheme. It's a new but, scheme, Colin. But, I, but we haven't seen it. We've seen receivers come out of nowhere and do good. Jair Shorter. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Guyton had crazy season. Jalen Darden developed. Uh, Rico Bussey yeah. developed. Turner Smiley. We've seen all that. I have much more faith in Seth on the offensive end for the receivers than I do with, albeit talented players on the defensive end, we need to see it put together finally because it hasn't been. It wasn't even put together when Ladarius was here. You know what I mean? It was put together when we had EJG and Brandon Gardner, but that was because, as we talked about, that was because of the linebackers. And the corners. It, and, the, and the corners. 
defensive line hasn't been put together. I can't say it's I can't even say it's a top three or four uh okay. group. Okay. Okay. So you gotta see it. Does that sound better now? Does that sound you better? Gotta, you gotta see it to believe it. Yep, exactly. Okay. All right, I'll roll. Um it's not gonna NTS, answer the question. NT, I already I answered it. I think it's or I didn't answer it. I'll go offensive line linebackers, because I think they have four legit linebackers. And that doesn't include I they have five legit linebackers. You forgot about uh don't make me forget his name. Jordan Brown. Mm. Jordan Brown, freshman last year, is a is a problem. I think they have five legit linebackers. I'm gonna go linebacker second, then defensive line, then running back. You're crazy. Then quarterback. That's uh, you're five. crazy. That's my five. All right. NTSN asked, uh, third question is, uh, do you think Apogee will be open to 100% capacity? I think this is an interesting question. Probably. No. no, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, Conference USA is going to control that, not Texas. I, do you think so? Yeah, absolutely. The way they did the tournament and the way I, I was asked to shoot the tennis tournament, right? Mm-hmm. At first, they didn't let me shoot it. Because I was I because the tennis I'm assuming didn't make enough money to where they were gonna pay for tests for photographers. Yeah. So the person who asked me had to get a test himself and and go in. They only allowed one photographer. They're still strict about that. That is a hmm. and and that's that's the tennis thing. They're not gonna risk anything, I don't think. And you know, for any stories anyone's know. read, the demand for vaccines in Texas is low right now. So yeah, yeah. So we're mm-hmm. July or May, June, July, August, three months till season. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting. It, it'll be close. I, I, or I'm not saying that it'll be close to, I think the decision will be more difficult. It will be. It, no, it'll definitely be more difficult because obviously months. you don't want to have like, that's money, right? Like you they lost on a lot of money from not having people in Apogee. Um, but again, it's also, a it's hard it's a very it's an ethical question more than a sports question at this but then, point i mean it's kind of like the rangers deal where you had people the like, rangers just messed that where, up that was a people, pr nightmare dude where, 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 where people were like it's not even gonna be 100 percent anyways well it so was then, that first day the first day it was so that was the problem right because right. you had like okay we actually have but they knew it they knew that though when they did yeah that. they knew that and and see that and i don't i'm not saying that you know uh, whoever makes the decisions for North Texas would know that, but there's going to be more people show up just because it's finally yes. open. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. Um, right. And this just comes down to the vaccines, how long they last. Cause the people that got them in January, we don't know if you know, the antibodies in the vaccines last a year. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, like I know we're both vaccinated, but like, will it last till September? Yeah. And do any, does anyone know that? So that's another thing to keep in mind. Um, but yeah, There's I think a lot the conference factors going in. right, and I think the conference will play it safe. Texas might not, which is fine, but the conference is going to want to keep it safe because if they lose one team, they lose the other teams. That's that's very true, very true. All right, last question we have from I Wonder the World: What does the defensive backfield look like? I've never heard it referred to as defensive backfield. The defensive back unit is what I will say look like starters. He asked. So like, um, it's gonna be pretty much the same as last year. Yeah. Right. Deshaun Gaddy, Mikhail Sanders at safety, Upton Stout. Uh, John Davis, Quinn Whitlock at corners. Obviously, Cam Johnson's gone, and that's the big blow uh, because, to, in my opinion, he's the best corner, or he was the best corner last year. You know, he kind of played safety in a weird way. He was he was that like he was that nickel corner yeah. a lot of times. So <clears throat> it was it was tough, but um, yeah, I think 
it's going to be pretty much the same. I mean, then you add Logan Wilson and Tyree Thornton um, in, in there as well. Jordan Rucker, uh, I believe, opted out last year, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, the depth is really concerning to me, but I guess in a defensive back unit, you don't need one good backup for every single player. You just, I just hope the starters are good. So we just need to see something better than last year, man. And I know that that's, it's unfair to them because everyone was so bad, but man, it's, it was bad, bad. (laughs) It was bad. It was very bad. Um, so, uh, I think for all five of these guys that I just said, there is room for growth, like substantial room for growth. Deshaun Gaddy, we've talked about already. Mikhail Sanders, Upton Stout, John Davis, and Quinn Whitlock. I've heard really good things about John Davis. I've heard good things about Upton Stout, obviously. So those five guys need to take a step forward, and they need to be put in position from a coaching staff to take that step forward. So Here's the thing that um, that I, I don't think we, we brought up last season at all, actually. Do you think that the reason – or a reason that they were so bad last year is because they weren't trusted. Cause you just mentioned that they need to be put in situations to be better. Do you think that that they weren't given that opportunity last year? The and secondary. I, and I'm, and I'm not trying to, yeah, the secondary. And I'm not trying to say that they weren't bad and they would have been better if they, you know, would have been able to do whatever. But like, do you think that that wears on a player morale wise in terms of like, Oh, we get, you know, killed against SMU. Yeah. All right, guys. We're no longer going to put you in positions to do things that you think you can do. The tough thing, the tough thing about the defense last year was just how bad they were against the run. Yeah. So it kind of was like you had to put so many resources towards stopping the run. Right. That it just turned into like the safeties are down every play, right? The safeties are within 10 yards every place. And then you have to give up something. You have to give up the the short pass because you have to take away the long ball because the safety is gone or you have to kind of, just live with the long ball in some instances because you have to take away the run. Like it's, it just caused a whole bunch of different problems, which is why I'll tell you right now, this team is going to be only as good as their run defenses. And I mean the entire team. Yeah. Because they can't stop the run time. Possession has gone. If they can't stop the run, your defense is going to get worn out. If they can't stop the run, the other team's just going to continue to gain confidence and it is going to deflate this team. If they can't stop the run better than they did last year. So, um, I, I, I think that this d- defensive back unit is talented enough to take those steps forward. And I think if they stop the run, I think it'll really help them. Okay. So, last question I have, Colin, is <clears throat> which side of the ball is better and by how much at this moment? Offense by, am I giving you a percentage? Wow. I disagree. How is the offense better than the defense when we don't even know who the quarterback is? Because we know what the baseline is. I feel like that's okay. I feel like that's the default answer. No, right? No, 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 no. Hold on, no, no, no. I already know what you're gonna say. Everyone knows what you're gonna say. Hold on. The default answer. It is. Well, you want to know why it's the default answer? Because it's true. It's been right in years past, and it's still going to be right now. Okay, how about this? How about this? Okay, you. What's your? If Which you're saying the defense, hold on. If you're saying the defense is better, you are baking on Phil Bennett, completely overhauling the defense to be above average. Yeah. In a perfect world, this defense is above average. I don't know if I don't know if the passing game for this offense is is 
is good enough. Sure, but I think the the offense is at least above average. Yeah, probably like, yeah, about about average. Yeah, yeah. I the think the defense, defense and the, le- the defense, unless the defense completely comes out and just, I mean, it would have to be. I would be in awe if it I saw be. this defense completely flip the switch, because I don't think it's possible. It would. It would. It would have to be a stark, drastic change. Yeah, and but and. I, I'm I might be I don't maybe again maybe it's just because I've been spoiled with good offenses in the past and good offensive players but without Darden what do we think the offense last year would look like like that's all I'm saying here so we return okay. everybody on okay the team. okay hold on without Darden but you add shorter again obviously shorter yes. is not Darden yes yes that and is you, a big and you, and you add and you add other pieces as well you have Tory returning Attaway's building Ruder is supposed to be better than Ani. The offensive line is, like I like I said, probably top three in the conference. I, are, I agree with that. Those are all, and we'll we'll just we'll just say that because of based on last year, those are all known facts. What do we know for a fact about the defense? I that think, every year I we've think... come. That hold on. That every year we've come on this podcast over the last three years after EJG and Brandon Gardner and said this defense has dudes. This defense has Katie Davis, Tyreek Davis, the Murphy brothers are going to be good. Dion Noville at the beginning of last season, you remember we were like, this dude's going to be crazy. Uh-huh. We can't do it again, Bruni. We can't. Until I'm shown otherwise, I am not making the same mistake <laughs> I made the last three years of getting my hopes up for a defense that is nowhere near the baseline of where it should be. I trust the front four and the linebackers. You are ridiculous. You are ridiculous. A secondary, is, I have no clue. That is an insult to what you said. All. I. You know what? I, hold on. Holy, what's funny? Last year you said the same thing. Yeah, probably. The year before that you said the same thing. <laughs> probably. So what's changed? It's and that's that's the thing. That's the thing. Here. You and I sit here because I do this. I've done this. This podcast. You and I sit here and we go. Katie Davis is a really good linebacker. Like, like we'd be like he's a he's yes. like a top whatever linebacker in the conference. Yeah. Okay. Tyreek Davis is is a is a good linebacker. Like we we sit here and do this. Deion Noville obviously really good. Murphy brother super talented. We you and I sit here and we go. Oh yeah, they're really 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 good. But as a team, they're, if they're not, they're just not. You know what I mean? This might be more about my concerns on offense. I don't think there's. If a, you're hold on. If look, you're concerned, hold on. No, no, let's no, no, rank no. them out of 128. If, you're okay, if you had to rank the offense and defense out of 128 FBS teams, last year the defense was let's say it was 127, and the offense last year I think was oh, like 90s, like 95 or something like that. Okay. Let's say that. Let's say that. Where would you put this team out of 128? Like on both sides. Defense, I'd put it at 120, and offense, I'd put it at 100. Hmm. Interesting. And, and, and interesting. The reason why I don't drop the offense so much because they lost Darden is because they're no longer going to force it to him. They, they're not, they, last year they forced it to him because they, I mean, because it worked, obviously. This year they're going to do more running. This year, you know, you're going to have a guy that could over the top. It's going to be more, less, 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 uh, I don't know the word, Hail Mary type plays. You know what I mean? Towards like you're just trying to do stuff. Are you trying to throw Jason Bean out and he gets an 80 yard run? 
it's going to be a lot less of that and more of a low scoring, solid offense, in my opinion. Um, I, I, I think this might be optimistic. I think the defense can be top 100. You are ridiculous. I you think are so. absolutely ridiculous. I think that, I, I, that's not even that crazy. I think we can go top 100 defense. And then well, okay. Be about Other the than the coaching change, what is different? I'm telling you. Other than the coaching change. I think that's a big deal. It, to quote it, Phil Bennett. To quote Phil Bennett. It is. It is. Coach. And like, and I did say this. Phil Bennett a, said people like these players have not been coached. No, I no, no, no. I agree. And at the, at the spring thing, I told you, I, I just, we brought the spring thing. I said that it was weird seeing that from, a, from, you know, from Bennett. Yes. Cause I've not seen it. We haven't seen the results of that yet because, because as I said before too, if this defense is bad, you can no longer blame a defensive coordinator. Yeah. Right, I mean, at at that point, if this defense if this defense is bad, I'm blaming Seth Latrell. Right, and and that's what it comes to. Like, it. well, th- and that's the thing is, we can sit here and really like Phil Bennett and really love Phil Bennett, whatever, because he did say that I liked him at, at the spring thing, whatever. What if it's the players? Because we don't know. Yeah, you can. know, like obviously we know guys are talented in specific areas, but they were talented in specific areas on a really bad defense. Yeah. Like what is what does Grace what do the Murphy brothers do if they're on Law Tech? What does Katie Davis do if he's on Law Tech? And I think those are all those are all things that need to be taken into account. Yes, they're good in our eyes because we see them against a team of filled with not great players. Man, that's harsh. Yeah, that is harsh. We speak the truth though. <laughs> I know I, that's what's I awful think, about it. I think look, I I I'm just gonna I'm gonna wrap up with this. Even if and I'm gonna leave our audience with this to think about. Even if this team is top 100 in both offense and defense, they're still going to be underdogs in seven of the games they play. Oh, absolutely! And I think if they're t- if they're only if if that if say there are 100 on both offense and defense, Seth doesn't have a job after next year. Like literally, we have to think about this, guys. This schedule is that good. Yeah, but did you schedule, would you agree with me what I just said? Yeah, I I agree because it's going to be tough. Right. Like and, the schedule is that tough, man. Yeah, and I don't even think the the schedule would be what caused a quote unquote firing if it does happen. It would it would quite simply be like you like I said. How do they lose? How do they win? Another and, collapse. Exactly. That's what it would be. Exactly. That's what it would have to be. Because every what, game every game last year, even if it was a win, it looked like they gave up. Yeah, it was just ugly and and that has to change. Yeah, meaning to it. So it's going to be a very meaningful year this year, and. I can't wait for it. So uh, I wanted to get this. We wanted to get this podcast out in May. So that way, you know, you have a while to sit on it and we'll be back, you know, later this summer, close to the season. And we'll see where we are at that point with all the recruiting. Cause I know North Texas is still in the market for transfers at this point, uh, whether it's junior college or transfer portal. So we will keep y'all updated with that. Um, I actually have a post up on the site right now about an offensive lineman target that they could be going after. So check that out on the site. Um, if you're not already, subscribe to Mingreen247.com. Um, we are currently running a 30% off annual deal. Uh, you can get the first month for $1 as well uh, you know, for our monthly subscribers. Um, and yeah, subscribe to our podcast on Apple and on SoundCloud. Bruni's Breakdown Podcast leaves a five-star rating and review on Apple. And yeah, follow Colin on Colin on Twitter at CJH Mitchell. CJH Mitch. 
Mitchell. 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 And me on tw- Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore and at Mean Green 24 7 where you can find all of our work. Well, Colin, that was a lot of fun. And, um, let, yeah, you know, in the hour we've been doing this, not an- another player has not signed to the Buccaneers. So we, <laughs> we don't. So we're, we're, we have a little bit of a reprieve right now. Ladarius Hamilton, Nate Brooks, and Jalen Darn on the Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Mean Green. The Tampa Bay Mean Green. I'm ready to buy my jersey. So, okay, there you go. Yep. So, all right, guys. Thank y'all for joining us, and we will talk to y'all later.